Hello there and welcome to the Irish Film London podcast. If you're a first time listener, welcome aboard. And if you're a regular, it's lovely to have you back. Here on the Irish Film London podcast, we bring you all the latest and greatest talent from Irish film, TV and animation with recordings of live Q&As and interviews from our festivals and award ceremonies, as well as a host of brand new interviews, one of which I'm delighted to bring you today. Our podcast today is a bit different in a few ways, one of which it's conducted by our new head of Irish Film London, Jerry Maguire, and it's also an interview about a film that hasn't even been made yet, The Last Moon. Today we're meeting Sean McConville and Stephanie Joelan from Frenzy Films. Irish Film London are newly proud partners with Stowe Story Labs and Sean is the recipient of the 2021 Irish Film London Fellowship. This is awarded to a top emerging UK-based screenwriter or filmmaker who is Irish, of Irish descent or is a member of the Irish diaspora. All fellowships cover the fee to attend the Stowe Narrative Lab as well as consultations, storyboard quick software, free copy of Final Draft and a year ISA Connect membership. If you're an independent filmmaker, you'll know how tough it is to make films. So all the help and support is so important and hugely welcomed. This podcast will give you an insight into what it's like pre-production, what it's like to get funding, how the filmmakers are finding the development stages and what aspirations they have for it in the future. Just before I hand you over to Jerry, we'd like to thank Culture Ireland and the Irish Emigrant Support Programme for their ongoing support for our work, including this podcast series. So, enjoy the chats with Sean and Stephanie about the predicted werewolf film of the decade. So, I'm joined today by Sean McConville and Stephanie Joland, um, who are from Frenzy Films, and their project, The Last Moon, has just been announced as the Stowe Story Labs recipient of the IFL those story labs fellowship it's our inaugural fellowship that it's the first time that we've done something like this with with Stowe story labs um and it's the first time we've i think ifl has done anything like this um but um sean and stephanie have agreed to talk to us today uh, about what that means for them and about the fellowship itself and about their background as filmmakers and and probably a lot of other things as well uh so sean stephanie how you how you doing Good. Well, thanks. <laughs> and uh, thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for joining us. Um, so where are you both today? We're both in St. Malo, Brittany. Um, I've been in France since last July. Uh, I came out to help Stephanie fix up her apartment and sell it and so on. And that was a kind of protracted sale. Uh, and we were there longer than expected. And, and then things got worse with the COVID in, in, in the UK. So we ended up staying longer. And then after Christmas, um, Stephanie was in another part of Brittany with her parents, but I went, went out to St. Marlowe and I've been here ever since. So St. Marlowe. Yeah, we got basically st- stuck because he can't travel to, back to the UK. So until, until May. So here we are. But it's a lovely part of, of, of France. And obviously it's very, culturally very close to Ireland so there you go yeah yeah well look the sun's shining in London today I hope you've got the sun shining where you are today um in St Marlowe as well oh yeah we do it is yeah Sean your background as a filmmaker takes you 
via Ireland and the UK to where you are? I mean, where, where, where are you normally based? You're not normally based in St. Marlo, are you? No, L- London, based in London. Um, for a number of years, which, which I can talk about, my, my sort of journey to, to um, you know, from first getting into films and, and to where I am now. But I, I was in Los Angeles because uh, I went to UCLA to study screenwriting a number of years ago. And, and I ended up, when I graduated, living there for uh, like eight or nine years and pushed the visa to the maximum, uh, all sorts of trips. <laughs> but uh, ultimately, I had to leave. LA because of uh, visa reasons and and moved back to London. So based in London now. Cool. Where did you start off your life? What did, are you, have you, were you born and raised in London? No, I, I'm from Watford. Um, um, my my parents are both Irish. My father was from Drummore County Down, and my mother was from Ballinan County Mayo, and they they moved to London when they were in the late teens or early 20s uh, and they still had their Irish accents throughout life so you know the the Irish side of things is, is very close to me in that respect but but Watford was where I was born and brought up and it's kind of interesting because if I stood on the roof of the house where, where I was not born but but brought up um, I'd be less than a mile away is Warner Brothers Film Studios which I believe is the biggest film studio in the world oh, now. wow and um, you know where they made all the Harry Potter films and uh, Wonder Woman and Batman and Tom Cruise movies, but the first movie that was made there was Goldeneye, which I which I got to work on. So that was my sort of break in, into film as a crew person. I was doing uh, special effects, physical effects. But a kind of irony yeah. is, as soon as I got into it. You know, I went on this journey myself. I, I did a Master of Arts in screenwriting in, in London. Well, basically, I, was, I, was, I worked on about 15 movies, most of them bigger studio movies, uh, mostly in the prop making, model making, and special effects side of things. Um, but I started reading the screenplays and fell in love with, with the writing side of things. I thought, that looks really easy. So I, I took a year off, and during that year, I... I I was told about this Master of Arts in Screenwriting at the London College of Communications. And I applied to that and got accepted. So that was for two years. So that's the back on turned into three years, really. And then before I graduated from that MA, I applied to go to UCLA to study screenwriting and I got accepted. So I moved to LA to do that. And as I said, I ended up living there about eight years. But but the, the funny thing is that this film studio that's like literally right at my doorstep of, of the house I was brought up in, you know, as that became a really uh, huge film studio where some of the biggest movies in the world were made, are made, um, was when I kind of left town and moved away and went off on this other journey. And you know, it's <laughs> a kind of strange thing, but, uh, but, you know, one of my big dreams is to act, actually make a movie there as a director at Warner Brothers Studios because it's oh, wow. my doorstep. So that that's the kind of big big dream I have. That would almost be like a full circle journey. Yeah, bring it all back to where it first began. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. When you, so you spent quite a long time in LA then, like because your UCLA course would like you were there seven, eight, nine years in LA. Your UCLA course must have just been the start of that journey. Did you find did you find when you were working over there that that it was much different to how we do things in the UK and in Ireland? 
I did, yeah, uh, very different. Um, the, you know, there's more of a can-do uh, positive mentality, I think. It's much more entrepreneurial, how they make films. There's, you know, there's not really such a thing as soft money or, or government funding or grants. In, in, a, in an indirect way, there is now because each state in the US or 40 of the 50 states, you know, encourage uh, filmmakers to go to their state to make movies and they give you like anything from 20 to 40% tax credits. Um, mm. You know, so that's, a, that's, that, that's the same as getting, you know, 35% of, of, of the, of, of, you know, Screen Island or the BFI or something, but, but there's no qualification other mm. than shooting in their state. So there's no creative input. There's no, you know, other stipulations that you get with government money and soft money so basically most films are made in a with with private equity in a in an entrepreneurial way and that 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 is a big difference and i i, I like that way, way of 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 making films um the other big difference is you know their i i think their um love of genre films um, is, 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 uh, you know, the, they, they sell more tickets basically. And because it is a business, yeah. first and foremost, they're, they're more drawn, drawn to genre films, which is what we do. So it, it was, it was, um, more attractive in that respect. Uh, but the other big difference I, mm. I think is a generalization, but I, certainly in LA, the level of craft and, uh, uh, the level of drive and ambition of everyone that's there and the understanding that it is a, business as much as it is you know show business yeah. or or, uh, yeah. or um you know creative is uh it was another big difference between you know europe and and, mm. and the u.s so so yeah i learned learned a lot from that that side of things um and that they would be the main differences to me i don't know what stephanie found she she, she lived there for a while as well it's where we met actually yeah the, well uh, the main difference as well is that the um Writers, directors tend to be producers as well in uh, in in um, in LA and US as opposed to the rest of Europe. I would say that in the UK it's kind of in between. It's is really uh, it's halfway between an American model and a uh, European model because you have soft funding, um, but also private equity. But I would say that that's uh, in in the rest of Europe. I find that people tend to avoid hyphenates so they, they tend to be either writers directors mm. or producers just because it's so complicated and convoluted mm. to to obtain self-funding in europe in eu um so i guess that could explain why and it's it's a <laughs> full-time job um whereas in no you have no choice in in us or, or you know usually britain um you, you have to be a producer as well if you want to make a living and make movies mm. Yeah, I mean, something That's I really miss, miss from, from being there is that, you know, everyone there, you know, I mean, some people would get fed up of it and you definitely have to leave LA every month to go somewhere where you're not sitting next to a screenwriter in the coffee shop or an actor or a producer or a director. And so, you know, it's really full on. But, but the, the positive side of that is kind of everyone that's there kind of gave up their day job, their state or their country to be there to, to pursue a dream, you know, of being the next Brad Pitt or being the next Tarantino. And, and of course, most of them never get to that level, 99.9%. Um, .9%. And, you know, you're lucky if you, you, you know, get to direct a movie or, or, 
or a TV series or acting one or whatever it may be, but that kind of drive and ambition and, and shared pursuing of the dream with all those people there was really attractive to me. And I missed that because it was like a positive energy and you fed off that. And every now and then you'd hear of someone that just got sold a pilot or sold a spec screenplay or just got cast, you know, mm. they were working for 10 years in a coffee shop and they suddenly got cast yeah. on some huge movie. Yeah. And it really kept you kind of fueled and it was always kind of positive versus negative. Also, what is actually interesting is having having just done a European General Forum is, is just to be reminded of the fact that in the EU, again, you, I'm saying the EU just because I find that Britain is a bit different in terms of self-funding, there's less self-funding. Mm -hmm. People get, mm -hmm. writers get paid to develop a treatment or a second draft of, of a screenplay, whereas in America, in the US, you just don't get that type of funding. So you have to, you know, you, 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 know, you have to write regardless of being paid for the writing or not, which is a vastly different, different. whereas in Europe, uh, a lot of writers I know tend to wait for uh, the next round of funding to do a draft, which you couldn't even, having yeah, spent yeah. a lot of time in the US, studying the US wouldn't even cross your mind. You you have to, you know, to write X amount, you know, X amount of screenplays uh, per, per year when you study there, like three or four, you, um, so you get used to it. And it's, you're not going to have to, of course, that would be lovely to, to get funding for it. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> to get paid to write, um, which is, uh, but, that's that's the main i think it's, it's a huge difference because you just have to somehow sustain yourself while you do it uh whereas mm. i found that in, in again in, in in a lot of countries in europe well that's you no know, thanks to you know the, all, all the soft funding it's, it's 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 not a choice a lot of people have to make uh, so yeah. again yeah you know. i mean i suppose like the argument between the hollywood model and the european model often the conversation often comes back to like commercial production versus um, what we might call cultural production and like the value that the European system seems to have for or the the love the love that uh, that the European system seems to have for film as a as a cultural commodity as a, as a means of cultural production and, and the fact that you can have like there is a thriving art house scene in in across Europe where but it's but like the art house scene is you know by by its own definition, it's, it's not as it's not commercial. It's not Hollywood film. But like, where where because you you're both genre filmmakers. So where where do you sit within that conversation? <laughs> I think that's um, but but just the mere fact that we both studied at UCLA is actually answers your question. So I personally <laughs> very early no early on that I didn't want to to stay in France to make movies in France, although there's a lot of money for, okay. for films, but I was drawn to American films, uh, indie and, and Hollywood movies. In the US, I I was drawn to genre films, science fiction, to, to horror, and I knew that it's not something I could that could be done easily in, in France. So I, I think that I'm very, I'm big on, uh, I didn't, grew up watching um, art house movies. Um, I grew up watching mm. mainstream movies. So I guess that's, that's, that's why I'm much way more into the commercial um, uh, the, the, the commercial fair. But that being said, I think we, um, Sean and I bring in European voice as well, because we, we bring some, um, our movies are still across the bridge, try to cross the bridge between big Hollywood uh, entertainment entertaining movies and 
deep, deeper movies about human condition. Also, obviously, Hollywood can also make great deep, <laughs> you know, uh, movies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, Sean, would you like to? Yeah, really as you said, really, I, I think, you know, combining kind of the, the European movies that, that are mostly character driven um, with American driven, uh, plot driven type movies, that's kind of our model in a way. And, you know, mm. some films that are a good reference film for me is always The Sixth Sense, which I think is maybe it's because it's a, a, a Indian director, American Indian director. There's there's another flavor to the Hollywood aspect of it. But so you've got your Hollywood genre and plot driven storytelling and and you've got European character driven art house oriented type movies. And, and I think there's room to marry both of those together. And I would yeah. say that's what we're what we're trying to do. I think the marriage of both, mm -hmm. uh, and then there are some great movies out that are good examples, obviously. Um, but but America does have an art house system as well, for want of a better word. In, yeah, but it's New York, basically. You know, Hollywood <laughs> is, is yeah. very studio driven, very genre driven, very commercial um, movie making. But but you know, there's plenty of art house character-driven type movie making in the US. It's mostly in New York yeah. and they don't travel as well as uh, the, the Hollywood studio movies, you know, just, just from a yeah. marketing budget, but also yeah. from, um, you know, they're more unique to storytelling to, to America. Um, they are. I suppose they'd refer to that as their as their indie film scene more than exactly. You know, you know, yeah. And and in a lot of ways, what we have in Europe and and definitely in the UK and Ireland, like our indie film scene is, uh, well, I suppose I suppose it's the same in a lot of ways. Like a lot of what we call indie or independent film here is is not commercial. What you might regard like if I think of an, an indie American or an independent American film, I might think of something that's made in like in a state where there's not much production happening or, or shot in a state where there's not much production happening and with like one celebrity cameo that carries it through or something like that, you know? Um, whereas I think over here, when we think about independent film, we're thinking about stuff that's outside of the big studio systems, but it still can still be like a really, a really successful commercial yeah. venture. Right. And, and if you do, you know, it, we obviously do have filmmakers that make very commercial films, uh, uh, the the pro I don't know if the problem is the right word, but what what will naturally happen is if if you're the type of filmmaker that makes genre films or entertaining commercial films, you know there's a limit to the budget range you can have in the UK anyway. Um, yeah. But regardless of that, you you'll get you get lured to Hollywood, whether it's Gareth Edwards or Chris Nolan. Um, and, and several other filmmakers, if they're making those types of films, they're going to get taken to Hollywood where they can make a 20, 30, 40, 50 or $100 million movie. Which, it, yeah. You know, I, I don't know what the biggest budget British film is, but, you know, it's only every five years that we probably make a movie that's 20 million pounds or something. Yeah, you know, they're very few and far between. Yeah. Um, so, and so, yeah, that, that, it's that catch-22 scenario of whatever kind of commercial or entertainment oriented type of filmmakers we have in the UK and Ireland, the same in Ireland, you know, they're ultimately, and France, you know, they're ultimately going to get lured to Hollywood. Where what, they, what was where interesting they have is, budgets. yeah, because it's so hard to, uh, what's interesting is actually 
compared to the US, European filmmakers do get quite actually a nice chunk of money for their small indies, right? They can mm. get two, three million euros, which is quite big by American standards when it's actually private equity and mm -hmm. a small indie. Uh, but however, for for genre films, usually you, you know it's much harder to to get that kind of money in in um, in Europe. So hence, you know, which is why we are all tempted to make movies outside on the other side of, of the mm -hmm. pond, I guess. But also, but. What's interesting about Ireland, though, is is uh, what we notice at the co-production markets is that really there are two countries that are really big on genre films. Mm. It's uh, Belgium um, and Ireland, because yeah. more and more there are a lot of great Irish movies being made in a genre and Irish filmmakers emerging, emerging and. Um, so I think that's quite exciting. They are way more open. You know, Screen Ireland seems they seem to be way more open to genre films. So it's it's a very good. Um, well, it's very promising. So like you have movies like the the Hello that was great or uh, the Canal. Um, we, recently there was a Sea Fever. That's yeah. great because yeah, they they're all ambitious um, the, the films. Yeah, the yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's just yeah, um, the biggest problem in in UK really is. It's incredibly difficult to get private equity to make a movie. Yeah. Uh, even a small amount, you know, 100,000, 200,000. It's, it's such a lot of money to raise. Um, that, but the, the, the challenge is it, there is a, a snobbishness towards genre films in the UK, I, I believe. Um, and so, and what that equates to is that you don't get uh, government funding, soft money, whatever you want to call it. And so, you know, it's a knock-on effect of, you know, those movies end up having to be made for one, 200,000, yeah. let's say under a million for sure. And there's only so much quality work you can do within that budget range. And, and then it's a kind of continuation, perpetuation of, well, genre films are schlocky or B-movies or, or, you know, Splatterfests or whatever it may be. And there's not, not the room to make real quality genre films, elevated genre films, that that's what, what, what Steph and I want to do, you know, without getting uh, proper budgets, enough money uh, to have enough time and the right crew and the right marketing and all the things it takes to make a film successful. It's not just the film itself, but the, mm. the, the support across the board um, and, the, and, the, and the prestige or credibility of having a BFI support it or, or the prestigious sales agents um yeah protagonist and so on so that that's that's our challenge because you know it's 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 difficult to get private equity even small amounts as i said and it's even more difficult i would say to get soft soft money bfi funding for genre films unless you're already you know mm. uh, an established filmmaker or yeah. you've proven yourself in some other way first. Well, I, I want to push you a wee bit further on that because I think we, we, we're touching on something that's really interesting there in terms of the, the relationship between the funding landscape in the UK and what's possible in Ireland. And I think you're right that there's a lot of, like we know at Irish Film London, there's a lot of really, really exciting content that's coming out all the time from Ireland, from, from big and small production companies and really, really exciting filmmakers that are bringing their work to to Ireland to get financed. But 
do you t do you guys think that is is that because you know like the the funding landscape is a little bit more generous in Ireland in terms of tax breaks do you think it's in do you think the reason for it is because of because it's easier to get films funded with an Irish co-pro or do you think that there's is there is there something else that's going on that's drawing people into Ireland like what's the what's the appeal of working with an Irish producer or, or working with an Irish an Irish co-pro to get it made I think that there is a definitely a huge appeal, at least for genre films, because again, uh, again, it seems like it's a bit slightly easier to to access self funding and development funding in Ireland. So I think that's that's uh, um, uh, very compelling for producers. Also, your tax credits are more generous than in UK. It's like. 37% with the extra 5% that you guys get if, if you shoot out of, of, of Dublin. And uh, so mm -hmm. it's um, as opposed to 20%. So I guess it's more, yeah, the, the, the tax incentives are more generous, which, you know, which, which helps. So what, what else would you? Well, well, it's that combination of, yeah. of the Screen Island um, having a different attitude, I believe, towards um, genre filmmakers than, than in the UK, uh, the, the extra tax credit percentage-wise, um, really fantastic crew. I mean, we made a film in Tipperary, Templemore Tipperary, Stephanie's debut feature film as a writer-director, and I produced it, and that was very, very low budget, but we had a lot of support from the community. It felt like the whole community came out and supported us in this film, and that was really refreshing to us and the crew, uh, I, I'd say 60 or 70% of the crew were Irish and, and someone from the UK, it was a, a small crew. Uh, but the, the attitude and enthusiasm from the Irish people in the community, but the Irish crew as well was really refreshing to us. And you know, so it's a combination of things. And then, and then the locations, depending on the type of film you're making, you know, it's kind of universal in a way, you know, it, it mm. could be Yorkshire, Yorkshire could be Ireland, you know, Cornwall, all these, you know, they're, they're, they're cut from the same piece of rock, really. <laughs> so, you know, and then, and then just personally speaking, I have a big association with Ireland, everything about Ireland, the, the culture, music, sport, and so on, the films, literature, given my parents, we're both Irish, so if it, it, it feels, it, on a personal note, just you, just making a film in Ireland is is very special for me, and partly I, I feel not not rejected by the UK film industry in any way, but just I just feel it's extremely difficult, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and the way things are changing is going to be even more difficult, and yeah. perhaps rightly so, but but I, I won't get into the sort of politics of it, but there's changes that are necessary um, and right and, and need to happen and, and have happened belatedly, but, but, but it also is going to kind of in a way make, make things more difficult as well. I, I, I feel Ireland would be uh, a better fit for me um, in, in some ways, uh, and it might be just my kind of association with Ireland and what it means to me uh, growing up and so on. Uh, and living there over, over certain periods of my life in Dromore County Down with my father and on, on the West Coast with my mother's family and uh, living in Dublin for a num no, number of couple of years. Um, so just, I, 
I, I just, I guess it's, it's uh, a, a sort of personal thing that I, I would, it would mean a lot to me if I was making a, a movie as a director in Ireland. You know, I think my parents would be very proud. And so, so it's a personal thing more than anything. Yeah, and I guess it's, it's in, in Ireland, it's, again, it's, it's, it's not uh, you know, as class-oriented as it can be in the UK. Again, they are trying to change the situation, but you, you have a feeling that still the UK is very class-oriented, and especially in the film industry. And whereas, you know, there is, again, it's just Ireland feels way more open, a bit like America in a way. You, know, you just, right. I guess, the, you know, if you, if you want to, there's a feeling that it's, 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 it's likely more uh, possible. <laughs> <laughs> so we just feel more optimistic yeah. either in Ireland or America. It's simply that making a movie in Ireland for me would 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 uh, be more meaningful than making one in England, really. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, look, what I want to do because you know, we're here to talk about um, we're here to talk about the Last Moon, which is the script that one is won you guys the the fellowship to attend Stowe Story Labs, um, and. I mean, I think I suppose as a bit of a background on this process of uh, of selecting a, a fellow, so to speak. Um, Stowe Story Labs got in touch with Irish Film London a few months ago, and uh, they're an organisation that had been on our radar. We're aware of what they do over in Vermont, and we're aware of their UK connections to um, great producers and great people like David Pope, um, who's one of the the founding organisers of it, and we agreed with them that we would put together uh, a support package and become a, a kind of a a, a a partner with them to and that we would provide a fellowship so that one filmmaker and turned out to be sean and stephanie um or well sean you're the recipient of the of the fellowship um for, for your work but stephanie you're you're allowed in <laughs> um <laughs> but that um that, that we would fund the the, the the fee to attend, the attendance fee for the Stowe Story Lab um, that takes place in June this year. So we went through this process of uh, everyone submitted their scripts to, to Stowe and we picked out all the ones with the Irish connections. Um, we had we had some finalists and The Last Moon was the finalist script that, that stood out and that, that got you guys this fellowship. So I want to talk about The Last Moon where it came from and what it means to you guys and what, what it is that you want to do with this because it's in some ways it's it's the content of this story is familiar but you're doing something a bit different with it aren't you yeah well well firstly i i'm in really honored and and grateful to be uh, awarded the fellowship and uh, as i say it, it has a special meaning being associated with of Ireland, the Irish Irish film London. So really, really thank you for that. Um, and it, it's reassurance for the script. You know, this is a, a kind of rejection industry in a way. So you win anything. It's 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 really it, it really special and uh, important. And again, because it's it's the Irish Association, even more special in my case. So really, really a big, big thank you for that. And I'm, I'm glad the project was selected. And Stephanie, yeah, well, she's producing the film and I think she's an honorary uh, Celt anyway, coming from Britain. <laughs> oh, um, and, uh, and she, and, and, you know, and, and she, after all, did, did already write and direct a film in, in Ireland. So that's, uh, so she, yeah, she's definitely allowed in. Yeah, she, she's um, on the wait list, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, the, with the last moon, 
you know, in, in a nutshell, we're trying to make a, an elevated uh, genre film and we've worked really, really, really hard on that. So I think the script is in a good place, but we're both very big on story development, the importance of story development. And mm. so being a part of the Stowe, Stowe Labs, Stowe Narrative Lab, which I know is a really prestigious mm -hmm. lab to be a part of. So again, you know, the, both, both Stowe Labs and the Irish Film London, I'm really, really excited and grateful to be a part of that. And it's a great opportunity to really challenge and push the script that mm. bit more. Make it the best it can be. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because it, you know, it doesn't matter. Who, it doesn't matter who the actors are and who the crew are. But but nothing, in my opinion, matters as much as the script or the story. Mm -hmm. And and so, if we, you know, any opportunity to continue developing that and challenging it and getting it get it ready to to be made into a movie, which I think you know we're we're certainly more than three quarters of the way there in in terms of. Where the, where the scripts are, mm. is, is a great opportunity because, you know, we do aspire to make, uh, you know, some of these films as references that we're, we're aspiring to, to make, uh, like The Babadook, It Follows, you know, Let the Right One In, Blue yeah. Ruin, you know, there's a whole slew in, in recent years of elevated genre films. I was just going to say, those are all really good, like, elevated genre comparables. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, X McKean is another one. Moon, Stephanie's more on the sort of sci-fi side of things, mm. like more supernatural, psychological horror thriller. Mm. But um, you know, the, the interesting thing about these films is that you know they, the critics love them. You know, they were well re regarded uh, by the critics. They they played at major festivals and won awards. Cannes, yeah. if Sundance, for the directors. Um, they were financially successful at the box office. And the other, because I've kind of really studied and analysed them, the other thing they have in common, most of them, is that they have unknown actors in, which really tells you you don't need to have named actors, um, mm. which is really difficult, again, in, in the genre field and in, in, when we're talking about making low-budget films to get named cast. But if, you, if the script's great, if the talent behind the camera is great, great DP, you know, uh, and so on, you know, even provided the actors are absolutely brilliant and right for the part, you know, regardless of their level of fame, that, that, that film has an opportunity to really break out and do really well with the critics and financial. And that's really our, our aim with The Last Moon. Yeah, and what I love about The Last Moon is, um, it's, it's called the last moon so obviously there might be a creature in in a movie but really <laughs> at the core it's about two brothers it's about two siblings it's about depression and mental illness and there are mm. not so many movies about two brothers and it hits the core because it's, it's not on 90 percent of it is a psychological drama and plus obviously there is a a twist and you know when a surprising ending and 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 um we it the movie fulfills the promise of of the title of the last moon but uh what i love about it is really the very powerful and very well written story involving the two brothers so and sean has a brother and i can tell that it was written <laughs> by you know a, a guy who you know has a a, a strong uh 
born uh, with his brother. So I can just, which why, you know, it's, so it feels true and people pick up on that. Even if you don't like, and a lot of people don't like werewolves or creatures or monsters you know, of all mm. sorts, but they, they, draw, they, they love, they, just they love the last one for this very reason, because it feels so real. Yeah. So we're, so it's, it's a werewolf film. We can. Well, that, that's, that's something I <laughs> really, say that. I really, struggled with to be honest uh, uh, and I'll explain why but first Stephanie made it sound like a a Bergman movie which is, <laughs> which is not but you know I, I, I sort of come at it as what what would a, a werewolf film be like if it was made by Hitchcock or Polanski you know that that's kind nice. of what, what I thought was a good sort of way of looking at it when I was developing it and I figured, you know, it'd be about suspense and tension and atmosphere versus, you know, blood and gore. Mm. And it'd be very contained, set over a short time frame. Yeah. But I, I, I really struggled with the fact that it was a werewolf originally because after many years of writing lots of scripts in various genres and, and I got to this place where all of this, all of this time and, and I'm writing a fucking werewolf film and I want it to be... <laughs> I want it to be uh, Neil Jordan or Anthony Geller, you know, these are my sort of directing heroes. And uh, and I'm like, oh God, I'm writing a werewolf film. But, you know, kind of something happened when I made it about the two brothers, as Stephanie mentioned, it, it became richer. That's when Bergman comes more, into play. <laughs> yeah. More, more, uh, more personal to me. But then the, the big thing, the turning point for me, when I like, embraced this script more and, and really knuckled down to work hard on it was, I remembered an exercise, when I went to UCLA, we had a professor who made us do this exercise, which was write a list, really think about this and write a list of six to 10 films that really affected you profoundly when you were a kid or a young mm. adult or you know, your favorite movies, movies that you keep watching every time they're on TV. Um, you know, really think about it, write down six to 10. And then analyze them and, and, and try and find a pattern within those movies. And I, I tell this to, to everyone, writers to do this, students and so on, because I think it was a brilliant exercise. And what you'll start to see, there's some pattern to those movies, the movies that really affect you emotionally. And it, it might be fish out of water stories. They might be tragedies. They might all be about, you know, escape, you know, uh, whatever they're about. There's something that, that, that each film represents that. And, and the, the films I wrote down were like Hitchcock's Rebecca, James Wells' Frankenstein, Anthony Geller's The English Patient, The Crow, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And when I analyzed them, they had, there were four aspects to these films. And that was, they were all rom romantic. They, they had romance, tragedy, Gothic and supernatural. All of those films I mentioned are all supernatural, gothic, romance, and tragedy. Yeah. And when I, after a few drafts of The Last Moon, I kind of read it, and I'd been thinking about that, what, what the, that exercise at UCLA, and I suddenly realised that The Last Moon is has romance, tragedy, gothic, and the supernatural. And it's like, and and that was the that was what I needed to to feel like mm. a filmmaker, and that it, it could be. A, a film with some sort of substance and depth and what I originally aspired to do when I started out on this, mm. on this journey. And, uh, but it was a, you know, it, it was, because generally if you, if you say you're making a movie about a werewolf or a zombie, 
or, or vampires, you know, you know, they can have a B-movie connotation or, or cheap horror. And, you know, and, and that's not what I wanted to do. Um, and, and so for a while, I sort of struggled with that, with this particular project. And as I said, when I realized that, um, so maybe I won't be Neil Jordan or Minghella, but maybe Guillermo del Toro, I'd say it's more in that kind of field now where, yes, he makes, um, he makes supernatural movies, he makes movies about creatures, but they're very, you know, he's a brilliant, brilliant filmmaker. Mm. So within that genre, what we're doing now with The Last Moon, there is that possibility to make something that, that, that transcends, you know, because there aren't many great werewolf movies over 100 years of cinema. Um, there's only a handful, really, the American Werewolf in London, the Wolfman, the Howling, Wolfen, you know, and because most of them are badly directed, they're poor scripts, they're poor, you know, not, not great actors in them, mm. terrible special effects. Yeah. Uh, and, but, it, but if you, if you, you know, if, if you care about the script and who the, who the cast are and the cinematography and all those elements, there is the opportunity to do something really, really good. And that's, that's our plan. Mm. Yeah, the plan is to make the werewolf movie of the decade. And there's one where... <laughs> werewolf movie of the decade. Yes. Well, I, 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 yeah. I, I, yes. I guess my I guess my point is the bar the bar's pretty low for, for <laughs> right. um, yeah. so there is that opportunity to to make a movie that you know in in that particular genre or niche of werewolf movies to to there's the opportunity to make a film that will very quickly because there there are a lot of fanboys and girls. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the, for, for horror, but more even more specifically for werewolf stories, and there just aren't that many made. Yeah, yeah. To zombies and da -da. and it's mostly because the, because the um, the transformation and and the creature effects are not not something you can yeah. do with low budget. Which, yeah, which is why we don't want to rush off and make the film because we, it could be undermined by a bad werewolf. <laughs> Bad, you yeah. know, but, but bad visual effects or you know, special effects that would be a shame because it deserves uh, the time and care that you know, the, the story is calling for. So mm. um, yeah, and I, I think that's um, the screenplays are. Yeah, because I wanted to ask you about that because like the process of development that you've been on like must be such an interesting one for this feature as well because I know like going to Stowe in June, the 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 narrative labs happening in June, it won't be your first kind of like industry event to to bring the bring the project to i spoke to you guys both uh around the the jets lab that happened in february this year i think yeah. um and you've been to the european genre forum with the project in the meantime like what's it like developing a, a film that's you know it's just essentially it's a creature feature but it's an elevated genre and it's like it, it's it's a lot of things at the same time you know what is, do you think that the process for for going through those development sessions is is different than it would normally be well well jets was with uh stephanie's project actually ice not not the last moon but the but the european genre forum was um the last moon and that's the first lab we've been at with the last moon Mm. Uh, and um, the European genre form takes place in three different countries. Uh, the first one, we, which we just did, was in Amsterdam, and that was for that was a director's lab. And then uh, in Zagreb, Croatia, in July, it's the producing side of things. And then in Tallinn, Australia, right, right. I think in November, it's about 
post-production and marketing. Um, but but it, it was it was really wonderful because you know you, you do end up talking much deeper about your project and why you want to make it and what it means to you and for me that that was really great and important to be able to express that um and to other filmmakers as well the way the european genre forum is it's not so much about pitching to industry people mm. um, which you have to kind of be you know uh, uh you know you're you're pitching everything in in a sort of you're making a presentation to try and get support but with the way the director's lab was set up was it's almost like therapy sessions where you get to talk about um what what you're worried about what your fears are with the project uh what you're struggling with now you wouldn't do that well you wouldn't go and meet someone from you know Lionsgate and say I'm really struggling with this or I'm mm, worried about yeah, this yeah yeah and but it's really important to for filmmakers to do that whether it's about the script or they're them directing it um, and so for me, it was really, really wonderful to to be a part of that um, on the last moon and, and hope to continue that in, in, in Zagreb and, and uh, Tallinn. Last year, we, we were on four co-production markets with Stephanie's next film as a director, Ice, mm -hmm. and uh, Frontieras, which was in Montreal. That was really good. Uh, we did um, a Biff Ban in... South Korea, and we did the film market hub in London, and Sophia, um, I forget what the Sophia lab Sophia meetings, yeah. Sophia meetings. Oh, in, yeah. In Bulgaria. in Bulgaria, yeah. And, and they, they were more about pitching, meeting, um, and they're all online, of course, because of COVID. Normally, you would travel to those labs, which is obviously a lot more fun. But, but that was more about putting your best face on, so to speak. You were, you did have the opportunity to pitch to executives, uh, sales agents and so on. And that's really important too. And, and from that, we, we got a sales agent, uh, a really good sales agent in, in New York, uh, Visit Films for ICE. Uh, and Stephanie also mm -hmm. got um, repped by Zero, Zero Gravity uh, Management in, in the US from, you know, directly or indirectly from those labs that it came, it came from that. So. So for the, all the filmmakers listening, you know, the, especially genre, a lot of them tend to be genre labs as well, I think. Um, it's really important to, to be a part of that and really helpful to the project. Yeah, and in terms of developing, going back to the last moon, so it has been a, uh, a, a fairly long journey in terms of developing the screenplay. So what we usually do is we we Sean, uh, we write a draft, so Sean write a draft, and we send it out for coverage from industry readers. You know, cover we mm -hmm. use Coverfly, and uh, and then the, the the coverage was very very positive, very good actually. So we knew we had something special, and then you know we we, we have been developing quite a few versions of the screenplay. The good the good news is uh, at the European General Forum they uh, we. You know, we had a, a conversation as well with a script doctor and, and they you know, they knew it was already a fairly advanced draft, so which was reassuring because, you know, they, if yeah. we tell you, actually, yeah. I can't send it to first or second draft, it was like, you would crumble. But no, that was, so that was all good. So we were really pleased that it actually shows that we've put, especially Sean has put a lot of time and energy into, into his screenplay. But, but also these, um, not, not all of the labs, because so, they're not all genre, but 
you know, the ones we're obviously entering are, are genre-oriented, European genre form and frontiers especially. Um, but the other great thing about, about those labs is you're with your tribe. You know, they're all genre fans. They all love um, genre films. They're very knowledgeable about genre films and supportive of genre films. And again, that, that to me is missing from the UK industry. Um, Mm. And, and, and you sometimes feel a bit lonely in that respect because, you know, you're not, you're not making, you're not trying to make, you know, a fish tank or some of these films that are going to play at BFI and going to get the support of, of, of uh, government funding, as they should. They're important stories that need to be told. But, but the genre uh, filmmakers is, is like a separate club. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you um, are a part of these labs, you're with you're with your tribe and and it's really important for filmmakers to be in their their own club as well yeah it's very refreshing yeah yeah to to be able to talk about all the you know horror and sci-fi movies we love it just it was there at the European Genre Forum it was (laughs) three days of talking about horror films sci-fi films non-stop (laughs) in in Europe so that's amazing (laughs) it's so it sounds ideal yeah it sounds ideal so Okay, so you've got you've got Stowe coming up in June, then you've got more European genre form happening in July, and then later on in the year as well. What's the like? What happens after that? Like, what's you know, what what's your next steps? Okay, so the the really we we are hoping to to, to attach a uh, co-producer now, which I know an Irish co-producer. Uh, so over the course of the next few months, that would be great to, to, to get the ball rolling. Um, and we'd like to atta- attach a uh, sales agent as well. Uh, so, but finding a partner in Ireland will be a big step for us because then we can you know, start uh, uh, financing uh, the movie and, and hopefully make it in Ireland. Well, well, we've right, got, so Irish uh, producers, listen up. This is this is your yeah. opportunity now to get involved. Right? <laughs> to make the werewolf <laughs> movie of the decade. <laughs> yeah. and, and we've got, um, and we've got uh, at least twenty five percent of of a million pound budget currently, yeah. um, and that that's the that's the floor for me of what I want to do, the time I want to shoot it, it the amount of time I need to shoot, um, and the production design and so on in mind and the, and the creature effects uh, you know i would say it's, it's a million to two million pound film and there's a big gap between a million and two million but that gap is whatever level of cast you're aiming for i would say so you know right. the floor is um doing it in the way i want to do it with with a certain level of cast and if it was two million it would be the next level mm. uh, of, of cast um so it's somewhere so between a, a million and two we already, yeah. if it's a million, we already have 25% in private equity already uh, in place. And, and that's, you know, that's a genuine um, uh, offer. So we're looking to leverage that really. And the, obviously tax credits make, make a huge difference if, if we, mm. we're looking for, uh, you know, and the other thing, I've said this before, the, to me what an elevated genre film is, is where the director and the, team behind it the producer and the creative team you know don't settle for any aspect of of making the movie the the script especially but the the cast the production design the cinematography the props everything has to be done really well and that's that's ultimately what how you'll end up with a elevated genre film 
And, and the same goes mm. for, you know, who your sales agent is. You know, is it a sales agent that really cares about film and filmmakers versus uh, in the genre field? A lot of them tend to be, you know, they don't care too much about, they, they care about horror and, and thriller and sci-fi and whatever, but they're, 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 they're not, don't necessarily care about the, um, the uh, quality of the filmmaking, you know, I, I know that that's a, a sort of criticism, but, you know, there are a lot of, of um, sales agents in the genre field that are, are distributing, you know, very low budget and sometimes and oftentimes poorly made genre films and, you know, mm. trying to also separate ourselves from that so that the, 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 mm. how people regard the film is also important as well. And I'm being snobbish yeah. now in that respect, <laughs> but it's really important um, that that you know whoever the sales agent are, the distributors that they that they can market. You know, and ex the perfect example would be someone like A24. You know, so that, mm. you know they 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 make yeah. the witch, produce the witch, it, it follow. You know, they they the lighthouse, and so you know, so we're we're aiming to to have the film to partner with someone that know how to market and sell elevated genre films mm. um, and, um, yeah well look you're allowed to be snobbish about your own work i think but but like you know, it's, <laughs> yeah yeah but like it, you're, you're right you need you obviously care about your work so much you know you, you you've, you've written a great script that's that's you know won you a fellowship and got you into forums and labs and stuff like that all over the place and it's, it's clear that you care about your work so much. You, it would be a shame not to work with somebody else who, who cares so deeply about the same work and who understands its potential. And I think that's, I think that's, that's the dream, isn't it? To have a team across the board that just makes things, makes things happen based on their belief in a project rather than just how many, how many pounds they can get back from or how many euros they can get back from it. You, you put it a lot better than mm. I did, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look at folks, it's, like I say, it's an amazing story. It's an amazing script. It's going to do, it's going to go really far, I think. Um, best of luck at Stowe Story Labs and beyond. Um, will you just keep us informed about your about your adventures at Stowe? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah again, I'm really, really, really grateful to uh, to be selected. It's a real honour. So, and, and I'm really excited about um, being a part of, of the lab. Oh, well, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure to be supporting you at Irish Film London. Sean, Stephanie, it's been really great to chat to you both. Thanks so much. And once again, best of luck. And we'll, we'll hear more from you soon, I'm sure. Yes, we will. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you, Jerry. Thank you so thank much. You, Jerry. Thanks, Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed the chat today and keep an eye out for information about The Last Moon's development. Sean is going to keep us up to date with the film's process. Before I let you go, I just want to remind you all that we have a brand new film programme coming for May and this one is focused purely on documentaries, including some feature lengths in there as well, not just shorts. They will be available soon for you to purchase. And also, any filmmakers listening, remember to submit your shorts to Film Freeway for any of our festivals or monthly film programmes. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Simply search for Irish Film London on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. A final thank you to the Irish Emigrant Support Programme and Culture Ireland, who've been brilliant supporters of ours for years. Gurramila Mahagut.
The Irish Film London podcast is presented and produced by me, Neve Brannigan. Our interviewer today was Jerry Maguire, who is also the head of Irish Film London. We're edited by Owen Bill Cliff and our theme music is by Kevin McLeod. Thanks again for listening and we'll be back with another episode very soon.